0: Hello, it's Keith Cromwell, the Executive Director of Red Mountain Theater. I'm thrilled to be coming to you from our beautiful new recording studio on our new arts campus in Parkside. And I'm also introducing to you today a new series. We're gonna create a podcast to share all the dynamic energy that's in the arts and cultural sector of our community. So let's kick things off with some interviews with some of our favorite composers that have been guests at Red Mountain Theater over the past few years. Part of the um, the real beauty of having you come down on the multiple occasions that you have is the number of times that if I ask somebody, what was your favorite moment down there? And they go, the first time I saw Jason Robert Brown. Or then they're like, no, it was the time when Jason came down with last five years. And I'm like, wow, okay, I love that you've made such an impression on our community. And so, Jason, I, I look forward to walking with you. I have tears in my eyes almost every day right now because with a 25 million dollar arts campus that is the size of a city block in Birmingham, Alabama. I just I can't imagine when Birmingham we matched. It's a
1: miracle. It's a glorious miracle and it's entirely is. deserved. I mean, you know, you've worked so hard to make it happen. It's it's so it's it's been so important to you and you made everyone else see why it was so important and that's, you know, that's your gift. That's what you do best
0: well thank you for that and i i i just i want to express at this time of farewell a depth of gratitude i mean i remember the first time i called and asked you you didn't hesitate you were like when is it and can i bring my guys those were the big questions you know and i just and you know that you will forever be the person who revealed me as kiki which is all the kids call me now
1: well that was destined to happen. I mean, you know, if I hadn't done it then, I would have done it if someone was going to do it.
0: You yes, were, exactly. You exactly. were not going to keep
1: Kiki in the closet forever. <laughs> so, if that you listen, look- those are still my questions. You know, when do you want to do it? And can I bring the guys? And other than that, I, what's the problem? Let's go.
0: Yeah, I love it. And trust me, that's going to be coming because I want to see you. I want to experience you on this beautiful new stage and I'd love to see you experience it. It's gonna be a beautiful, it's 450 seat, really intimate room. Okay. It's it's a sweet spot. So when you think back to coming to Birmingham, do you what are moments that you recall or or can you remember anything that jumps out at you?
1: Well, you know, it was I think the thing about coming to Birmingham was for someone like me going into the deep south is always a little bit of an adventure and uh you know on a political level on a religious level on a cultural level it's a very different environment from me living up here in you know Jewish liberal new york and i was so pleased to find out that not only is you know red mountain sort of a pocket of you know what I would call good liberal thinking around there but beyond that that even those pieces of the puzzle that were sort of far outside of my own uh experience or my own uh aesthetic on that front uh even those people uh really were drawn in and really allowed themselves to be drawn in to something that spoke a very different language uh and I didn't expect it I didn't I had no reason to believe it would happen. Um, and I, I think it spoke very well to the work Red Mountain does, but I, I think it, in a broader sense, it's just about theater. You know, in the, what is it? In the 25 years or whatever that I've been doing this, that I've never gone to a theater where I got a real like wave of revulsion for saying things about respect and cooperation and understanding. And that's because people who are in those... I mean, I get people who walk out every once in a while when I sing a song about your gun. But, you know, when you get people who care about the theater, they care about what the theater is, which is this intensely collaborative thing. You cannot do it alone. I would like to do everything alone. You know, I just don't like people. And so for me, it's like... You want to just figure out how to, like, how can I just show up on stage and just do it? But you can't. You need, at the very least, someone's got to turn on the microphone, someone's got to turn on the light, someone's got to tune the piano, someone's got to make sure that everything works, and then the audience is collaborating with you as well because if you just do this thing by yourself, sort of, you know, alone, you don't know whether it works. You don't know, what, and you need that collaboration with an audience, and that is the thing that I felt because Birmingham was very early in my uh, time crisscrossing the country. And I think it's really, it's a lot of what I, I got. Oh, and my dog says hi. Uh, perfect. A lot of what I got from, from that experience was just, oh, even down here in the, you know, in the deepest part of the Deep South, uh, this message wants to be heard by this audience. They're ready to hear it and take it in. I guess what I mean to say most is, I wasn't sure whether I was gonna feel welcome in Birmingham, and I did. And that I think is what, it was what was most surprising to me uh, at the first concert, and it is why I wanted to keep coming back, was just that, that memory of that feeling welcome. Not just the people, but the space itself was very welcoming. And you know the, the whole environment sort of felt like, oh, wow. I can find a place to fit here. Uh, and, and people want to hear what I have to say, which I, again, I just had no guarantee that was going to happen.
0: Thank you for trusting me enough to come here and know that that, well, or at least have faith that something like you described might happen. And I'm glad it did. (laughs)
1: I mean, I thought you were nuts. I thought you were nuts on several levels because I only knew you as a dance captain. It's not like I knew you in any sense as like some artistic visionary or anybody who even had like ambitions to be that. I, you know, we had only met in sort of that very limited circumstance where I was the sort of weird straight piano player who came in and played too loud and everybody else was just these big flouncing queens jumping around (laughs) screaming. And that was our entire relationship. So when you called and you said, yes, I've taken over a theater. I thought, What? (laughs) And, and, you know, so it was, it was faith in you, but it was, I I did have faith in you, but also uh, part of my faith was just, I hope he can do it. I really, I, and if I can help you do it, I want to, because, you know, I enjoy you so much. And I thought, I think he's out of his mind, but, uh, you know, if I can help, great. And maybe I did help, though I have a feeling you would have been fine without me.
0: No, I, I. I would rather be here having the experiences that we've had. And I think each of our times that we had the good fortune to have you with us only helped um, move what I want to do with the theater further forward. And it is exactly what you just said. It It is continuing to put wind in that intensely collaborative, beautiful, delicate frame of the art that we create and when I teach and talk to the kids all the time, I say our, our our greatest opportunity and challenge is the moment that another leading player comes into the room at the last minute, the audience. And that is something that's so beautiful to listen for and watch and be malleable and, and embrace, not resist. And um, I just, I'm glad that when you came here, you could sense um, a reception from our audience that they were just so blown away and excited to have you with us.
1: Well, cause you can, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think the thing that the kids probably don't realize is you adjust to it instantly. You adjust to that, that other object in the room immediately. And you may not want to, you may resist, but even resisting is you reacting. You are constantly aware and making adjustments around it. And so, you know, I think I put on my sort of like, "Mm," when I walked out there for the first time, like, I'm just going to barrel through it. And then, you know, uh, it was probably, I'm sure it was in Irish Girl. I'm sure that was the second song I did. And so when I got to Irish Girl and I got a laugh, I thought, oh, or you can just sort of when an audience laughs, you just feel like a a little door open, you know, and now you have a little more room to walk through, and everything you do, that door just gets wider and wider until eventually you're all in the same exact space mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's a it's a trick, but when it happens it's beautiful, and that was what i what I felt like that space as as complicated as that basement was. <laughs> It, it, it gave you a really good sense of when the door was opening. You know, it uh-huh. gave you a really good sense of when, you know, you were like, you were getting in to the audience because it was hard. It was hard to play to that room. Yeah. Um, so uh, the idea of moving into a, a 450 seat, which is perfect, which is exactly right, you know, into a, a space where you can bring the audience along with you and open the aperture even wider. That's mm. uh, really exciting, you know. So I'll be well. there. You know, when, when's opening? What are we doing? <laughs> June of June
0: of 21. Please, 21. Please get us on the calendar as soon as possible.
1: I'll be there at 621. My birthday is June 20th.
0: Oh, perfect. Um, I want to talk about two other specific things, and I so thank you for your time. Um well, three. One, um, you know, I appreciate I'm I'm a little bit known as a tenacious, I am a fierce coach, I am a disciplinarian, I don't settle. And so the construct of our conservatory program has a bar that is set very high. And often um, there can be a sense that I set the bar too high, but the beauty of my experience is watching that when you set it high, they, our kids typically exceed where it was, they just didn't know they could. And I'm telling you, man, I had them set up that they had better not mess up your music and when they came, when you came and I'll never forget them standing in a circle around you. And I think we were singing um, the opening for songs for a new world and they were panic stricken. And you were exactly what I'd hoped you would be because you were exacting, that's your stuff but you were also so encouraging. And that was, I was just like, yes, this is the beginning of me bringing the world of, that I love and know of Broadway to this experience. And I thank you for that so much.
1: You know, the conservatory program is, is really exciting. Again, because it was, it was my first time really feeling like there's a population of kids who want to do this outside of the Tri-State area where I grew up. Uh, You know, not that they want to be movie stars or that they want to be pop stars, but that they love musical theater. And that was really exciting to be around uh, and to be a part of. But it wasn't, you know, it's not just that you're like, oh, I'm this taskmaster and I'm so tough and I set the bars. It's you give them a place where they. Are expected to excel, which is different than demanding they excel or yelling at them if they don't. It's just—it's just part of what the room is. You walk into this room and you are expected to excel at it. So that by the time I showed up, I mean they may have been petrified just you know because I'm tall, but other than that, <laughs> you know. They were not expecting me to say, oh, no, you got this wrong or anything. They said, no, we have learned this and we're expected to excel at it. And because they could come in with that confidence, I could make a lot of adjustments, small adjustments, and small adjustments are the hardest ones to make. Mm-hmm. But I could make little, and and they could take them in because they just knew they were expected to, to excel at it. And, you know, I think I've done it with three times with the... Yes. Yeah. And, you know, every time I did, I felt like they were even more comfortable. They were even more confident and more open. And uh, I think that's, it's an interesting thing about confidence, you know, because we, we can think of confidence in two ways. And some people are confident, like I know everything. I don't need to know what you say, but that's not actual confidence as far as performers are concerned, or as far as artists are concerned. Um, real confidence is total openness, is mm. the total ability to absorb whatever is coming at you. And that's what I saw build more and more over time as it wasn't these kids like feeling like they had to apologize for Birmingham by being overly, you know, like But instead just saying, no, this is where work gets done. Welcome to our place where work gets done. And the more that it felt like that, the more excited I I got to come.
0: Yay, Uh, I love that. That's the road we hope to continue to be on. So flash forward, I um, end up going to watch 13 on Broadway. I end up being on a review panel with Stacey Mendish. Um, we end up producing 13, and it blew the cast mind that you were coming down. If you remember, we um, we had a bit of a bar mitzvah for the theater, actually. <laughs> um, but first, thank you for coming and supporting that. Those kids will never forget the fact that they got to perform your show for you. And secondly, what a, I believe so much in fate. and meeting the incredible Stacey Mindish, who I just think is one of the most astounding people on earth. I will never forget sitting in the room of that initial reading of Bridges. And I don't know if you want to cry right now. I couldn't talk to you. I was just so affected. And I, I had to just, I was embarrassed because I, I couldn't get a word. And I just had to leave the room. And I remember walking around the block and calling um, some people and saying, we have to do this. And watching that show, this is an interview for you, but I'm going to talk. Watching that show open and watching all of our people and our board and the kids and the talk back we were able to have with you, and then watching you win the Tonys, you know, I just thank you for all that you gave in that beautiful show. And thank you for allowing us to be a participant in it. So it was breathtaking.
1: But, uh, but but also on my end, think of what it meant for me that this theater in Alabama, which has no history of investing in commercial productions and no reason to, it was not going to benefit you in any way to do it, that you guys had so much faith in my work and had so much faith in what I was doing that you wanted to get on board at considerable risk and a, a, a risk that did not work out. I mean, you know, it was like on a financial level, it was a catastrophe, mm-hmm. but... But what I got to do when I sat on opening night, you talk about how those were your people. I looked and I saw your people. And I thought they came to be part of this thing for me. And what a what a gift that is. There's no other there's no other theater other than center theater group in Los Angeles has, has similarly sort of gotten involved, but they have a whole history of that. Mm. But in, for you guys to for the first time to just step in and say, no, we want to be partners. We want to be part of creating new work. What theater your size says, no, we want to be part of creating new work mm. and you did and you do. And it's a miracle. It's a wonderful thing. Well, I want you to keep that in mind as you continue to
0: create, we, We are super fans and we have this new beautiful playground for you and it's yours for the asking when you wanna be here and you wanna work on something. Um, Even if it's just to come and be by yourself and work on it, it's yours. That's what we made it for. Um, And I wanna tell you that my bestie best friend and one of the lead investors of, of that experience to this day, he's a little hard of hearing and he'll be listening to this, I'm sure. But he will stand in the middle of his study with his favorite drink and he will play that soundtrack so loudly that the entire neighborhood can listen to it. And his eyes are just glistening. And what that beautiful philanthropic gentleman's perception is in investing in the arts is being in the presence of a miracle and something that he cannot understand others can do and that's what you have given us here on our stages is people being able to be in the presence of the miracle of what you do so thank you
1: listen i can only do it because of what you guys do so well
0: more power to you
1: go go open a theater
0: hey man thank you keep writing music go back to work
1: i am i'm going goodbye
0: okay bye thank you love you buddy